From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're listening to Germ Warfare with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's a hot day here in Cape Town, the bottom tip of the African continent. It's about 30 degrees Celsius, and I suspect that's around, I don't know, 75 or 80 in, uh, in, America, in American knees, because it's only Americans that I know of that use Fahrenheit. I don't know who else uses Fahrenheit. <laughs> uh, send me an email, germwarfare at uh, tntradio.live. Jump into the live chat. I've got it open in front of me. If you are watching via any one of the video feeds, it's a great pleasure to have you here. If you don't know where to listen or watch, just go to TNT's website. Uh, all the links are there. And also go to my page on TNT's website. Um, all my previous shows, video and audio format, are available uh, after the fact. So if you miss it right now, then you can always catch up later. And by the way, do send me an email. And as always, let me know where you're mailing me from. I love that part. And on that note, my name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. It's the stuff. It's that division people are talking about. And that cluelessness that they want to push. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. My friend, Jim Gale, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Hey, Jerm. I am so happy to be here, brother. Today, we're going to lay out the actual strategy that is going to change the world in great detail. And it's going to blow people's minds. One of the reasons why I love chatting to you is because I always leave our conversations with a hop, skip, and a jump in my stride. <laughs> I love it. That's what we do. We inspire and empower around the world. It's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, I was just being corrected. Somebody in the live chat says that 30 degrees is 86 degrees in Fahrenheit, or as, as I like to say, American knees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good stuff. What's that conversion has always been complicated. What was that? What's 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 the temperature where you are? You're in Florida. Uh, it's 46 to this morning. It's cold, right? So it's like, you know, I oh, don't know. Yeah, that is quite Four cold. Degrees. Somebody in the live chat. Yeah, somebody in the live chat, give me 46 in, in, in C. <laughs> I think that is quite cold. It does sound pretty cold. I mean, it's what, half? It's like, like half, almost half of, of 86. Yeah. Jim. Jim, 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 we always chat about permaculture because food is pretty much the source of life other than, say, the sun. Uh, so take me take me on a journey as you always do. <laughs> OK, well, I want to start with the awareness that, well, there's several quotes that come to mind that have shaped my life. Right. And several mm. concepts. I st I've studied the greats throughout history for quite a while, right? Napoleon Hill, he said, whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve, right? Sun Tzu said, know thyself, know thy enemy, a thousand battles, a thousand victories. And Victor Hugo said, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. When I put those and many others together, like Tesla's quote, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. I've been working with those concepts and putting them together in such a way and through obsession, I've been obsessed with this 
What is the idea whose time has come? How do I know myself? And through that obsession and the ups and downs that come with obsession, I've learned. And right now, today, we're going to share with you the and, and everybody listening how we are going to go from where we are now at war. And this is not just a war between squabbling houses and logos and brands and countries. This is a war between the living and the dead. This is the big one that we've all been waiting for if we've been awake. And how do we win this war? Well, that's what I'm excited to share with you today. Mm, I love that you, <laughs> I love that you using the uh, life and death um, analogy. It just so happens that at this very moment, my wife and I are kind of redoing the whole Game of Thrones series. And of course, that's the, <laughs> that's the underlying theme, by the way. Game of Thrones is the best TV series ever, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there are so many, there are so many amazing analogies and metaphors that we can apply. I didn't realize that until I watched it again now. I mean, just as a segue, Westeros is like an example of what's going on right now. We have all these uh, battles for power, all these countries fighting one another. Meanwhile, there's a bigger darker threat that they're all uh, being distracted from. Yeah, completely, right? And, and a lot of us are distracted all day long, following up on the little details that are going on in this war, instead of focusing on the one thing that will win the war. And that is faith and courage and self-reliance. When we combine faith, courage with self-reliance, and then we achieve that at scale, at a community level and then at a global level, we literally will bring in peace on earth because it's it's how we all wanna live. It's logical to have peace on earth. And we have just been controlled and manipulated for so long that we don't believe it's possible. Well, it is. Okay, so how do we get there? Ah, I love it. So this is, uh, go to Bill Mollison. Bill Mollison was the father and founder of permaculture, which stands for permanent culture, right? which is a sustainable culture, mm -hmm. a culture that produces more energy than it takes to create and maintain. A sustainable culture is a culture that has exponential abundance all over the place. And so he said, um, he said, though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. And what are the solutions? Well, when we achieve mass adoption of taking the poisons out of our lives and growing food instead of lawns, right, that sounds so ridiculously simple that people, their minds blow up. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's just, it can't be that easy. Well, it absolutely is. The poisons are the catalyst for all of our disease and dis-ease in our world. The ultimate poison being fear. That's where faith and courage comes in. And then glyphosate and then fluoride. And by the way, they just passed a law here in Florida taking out fluoride. And they're doing this at a national level as well. So there are so many good things happening. So the question that I've been obsessed with is how do we catalyze a shift in awareness that leads to mass adoption of this? And that's what we can get into today. All right, well, I mean, where does one start with that mass adoption? Yeah, well, it starts with awareness is the first mm. key, right? So 
the the word choice is almost always misused because the word implies awareness. But if there's not awareness of choice, of choosing to live healthy and free and have the Garden of Eden everywhere, if there's not awareness of that possibility, then it will not happen. So that's the first step is awareness. The second step is the influencers, right? How do we bring the influencers around this message in order to share with their large audiences what's possible? And then the third is when the influencers come together and cross-pollinate and shine a light on each other's solutions. So we look in, at permaculture as elements in a system. The first element is the permaculture food forest. And I happen to be living at Galt's Landing. We are 100% off-grid. There are 240 types of fruits and perennial crops all around us. We've also got cows and fish and chickens and ducks. And we have these systems working together in a way that's incredibly low maintenance. In fact, if I did zero maintenance from now on, I would have food growing for my great, great, great grandkids in this area. Um, and so much food that 95% of it goes right back into the ground. There's just food everywhere. So this is not a hypothetical situation or solution. This is a demonstrable solution. When people come to Galt's Landing, many of them weep and 100% of people leave here inspired. So that's the first mm. step I, is, go ahead. Yeah, be, be, well, before you go to the second step, I, I remember you sending me photographs of, of what it looked like before you started planting anything. And it, it literally was just, soil sand and yeah i've seen i've seen the videos and the photos now and it is incredible yeah it, it's truly incredible what nature can do with permaculture design and implementation right so the mm. science is basically modeling after and mimicking nature or some people call it god god's design nature source whatever you want to call it it's a fact it's demonstrable that when we have mass adoption of putting, taking the poisons out and putting these systems in the ground, the abundance that comes from these systems is literally exponential, right? You can count the seeds in a papaya, but you cannot count the papayas in a seed. In fact, I gave a buddy, it was August of 2022, and I gave him a two foot vine of a sweet potato plant that I just pulled off the vine and handed it to him. I said, go put this in the ground. He went and put that in the ground. He came back for a barter and exchange event here at Galt's Landing about three, four weeks ago with a hundred pounds of sweet potatoes. Gee. And not only did he have a hundred pounds of sweet potatoes, but 25 of his friends are now growing sweet potatoes from vines that he gave them. But you don't need to be a skilled farmer. I'm not a skilled farmer, not at all. We are designers. We are skilled designers. We design these systems that take care of themselves. They're self-managing systems, just like the forest down the street from you. Who takes care of that big oak tree? Nature. That's, the, that's what these kind of systems do. They self-support and they just create massive amounts of abundance. Okay. so. 
take me now on to the second step. Yes. Um, the, love it. The second step or the second element. So permaculture is the first element. Galt's Landing is the proof of concept. And by the way, there are many, many more, thousands more proofs of concepts around the world of permaculture. And then the next step is the platform. And what we have is a we're creating kind of like a Facebook for freedom, right? But very simple. It's not nearly as complicated and it doesn't need to be. It's simply a community where people come together who want to be free, who want to mm. learn how to be self-reliant, how to be healthy, how to grow their own food. And this platform will be stewarded by the Earth Council, which is then the fourth element. And then we're bringing in all the media around it. For instance, our, our good friend Marcel, um, has um, funded, fully funded a TV show with uh, Brian and Joey, who are incredibly skilled producers and um, they know how to put things to film in, in the most professional ways. So we're creating all of the media to demonstrate, to shine a bright light and high def on the transition of land from death, like a lawn is a dead zone. It's a biological monocrop desert that takes more poisons than any other crop and does not provide food. When we transition lawns into these food forests, it blows people's minds. And then that, we brought in the council. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I, I jumped in there. But I just want to point out that people often forget, and I've noticed this in my own circles, people for, forget that when you have fewer, let me rephrase it, when you have less diversity of, of let's say animals and food and plants, we'll, we'll get to animals also, by the way, when you have less diversity, you end up needing more artificial input to try and keep it going. And that is where all the toxins and poisons come in. When you have more diversity, it starts looking after itself. Exactly right. So with mm -hmm. our 240 different species of plants all around where I'm sitting right now, we don't need to take care of anything. Literally, we could walk away from for 30 years and come back and this food forest would have expanded hundreds of miles as the wind and the rain and the water and the birds come in and the animals take seeds and plant them by pooping you know, on the other side of the lake, now we've got a new blueberry bush going in. Are you saying to me that your blueberries are full of shit? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're sprouted from shit. They germinate out of compost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Jim, before we go on, let's just quickly go to a break. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim. This is TNT. TNT's Misty Winston. The Australian Parliament recently, I think it was yesterday, passed a motion 86 to 42. Uh, it was put by independent MP Andrew Wilkie, who is a longtime very vocal supporter of Julian Assange. Uh, and this was about, it said that the incarceration for extradition of Julian Assange has gone on for too long. The UK and USA should bring the matter to a close so that Mr. Assange can return home to his family. Um, and Wilkie tweeted out, I successfully moved a motion to recognize the importance of bringing Julian Assange's extradition to an end. The government voted for it in an unprecedented show of political support for Julian. The US must heed these calls and drop the extradition. And that is uh, <laughs> unbelievable, kind of. Misty Winston on today's News Talk TNT.
The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. You know, the country has been long for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution. And we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jim, uh, you were giving me the first two steps of this process uh, of basically changing the world. So give me the third step. The, the third step is when the council members who have millions and millions of people in their audiences, in their spheres of influence, they're, they're top level. And I'll get into who they are here in, in a minute. Mm. But is when, when we come together and bring our strategies, our wisdom, our services, our products, and our communities together. This is what Martin Luther King was talking about when he said, when those who love peace learn to organize as well as those who love war, we shall have peace. It's about organizing and, and coming together and shining a light on these solutions at scale. And then it will just be logical for everybody, including the institutions that are currently enslaving us, um, to participate in this. Because we're going to call them out by name. Yeah, so basically, the idea of permaculture is as old as humanity. But a lot of it gets suppressed over time because it gets drowned out by big pharma and big agriculture and big business, etc. And it requires um, basically a decentralized approach of just people networking and sh and and sharing the the knowledge I guess just right across the world and and before you know it you have a critical mass exactly right we have a shift in awareness that is a critical mm. mass it's the hundredth monkey and exactly what you're saying when we show people what's possible they will choose it but there's so many layers and layers of lies that we've been told, right? So to bust through those lies, we could talk all day and scream from the rooftops and fight with all these people. That doesn't work. To bust through the lies, we simply demonstrate and then we put cameras on and we invite people in to experience the love, the joy, the power, the abundance of a food forest. I just... Realize now when you said cameras, you need to set up some sort of webcam so that people can have a look at what at what's going on where you are, because it really is remarkable. It's, it's very inspiring. Yeah, great idea, brother. In fact, I'm going to get that going right away. Well, you can just log in via an app or go into the website or something uh, like maybe strategically positioned cams uh, because because you're just talking about it, but It'd be great if people can actually have a look themselves. Yeah, it, it sure would. Um, normally, I'm out there on my phone showing people. I excuse the mm. background here. We just moved to Goss Landing, and uh, it's freezing 
cold this morning, so I figured I would share this message <laughs> this way. Um, um, Jim, okay, yeah. you mentioned council earlier, uh, Earth Council, what is that? So an Earth Council, it, we're bringing together a council of 12 stewards, 12 people, and I'll, I'll name some of these folks and get into a little bit of their background so you can see how relevant this is. Um, we just chatted this morning with Lisa Mollison. This is Bill Mollison's wife. And she has been in permaculture for many decades. She also is the, um, basically, she has all of the assets, all of the wisdom of Bill Mollison and the permaculture network at her fingertips, right? She is the steward of that information. So she is one of our council members, an incredible lady that has a vast, vast network of support in the permaculture world. And then we have McKinley Hladi. Uh, McKinley was a Hollywood producer and then learned how that whole system, he has incredible stories to tell. He is now the founder of New Energy World. He's building our houses using 3D printed steel frame construction. So when I say we're gonna recycle the military industrial complex and turn it into housing, I mean it. We actually have the people that can take that steel, recycle it, and turn it into housing that has no fire, no termites, and no mold. It's stronger than wood, and we keep the trees in the ground, right? And jump in any time. Otherwise, I'll just keep going around the council members. Keep going. Yes. Um, and also, Pat Militich. Pat Militich was a five-time UFC world champion. Then he became a coach. And he coached multiple world champions, which is two very different skill sets. He's a team builder who has now become a soil savior. That's his new, his new brand, is Pat Militich, the soil savior. So he is out there meeting with all of the best soil um, enhancers and products and services in the world, along with water experts like Dr. Will and many others. So he's bringing all the knowledge about how to heal our soil, which is a fundamental piece of the puzzle and freedom. Soil is like yeah. the immune system of Mother Earth. Yeah, and let me just jump in there if you don't mind. Soil. Go ahead. Yeah, let me just yeah, let me just jump in there on that on that soil bit, uh, because I see a lot of people often commenting on things like, ah, oh, but it's you know it's it, it's all poisoned and the chemtrails are are buggering everything up and it's not going to work and all that sort of thing. What you're suggesting is that you can actually rejuvenate, revitalize, and freshen up the soil and end up with fresh, new uh, permaculture uh, results. 100%. So the soil mm. literally is the immune system of Mother Earth. And when the soil is healthy, the immune system is healthy. So when poisons and toxins come in, the soil will eat those toxins up and it'll poop out minerals and nutrients that can be used by the plants. It's amazing what can happen with mushrooms and with the right types of coherent structured water and, and all these things. And that's what Pat's bringing to the table. Now, yeah. another thing, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, go on, sorry, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, another thing about these folks is they were also the first people to say no to what's going on. They were the first people to say, I do not comply. I am not gonna take your poisons. And so they have all of this wisdom and history and the courage and, and awareness of what's happening, which is just badass when you put these people together. Yeah, Jim, just on that chemtrails thing, just for a moment, 
it yeah. it does annoy me when people become so victimized in their mindset that there's no point then in anything because oh they're spraying us from above uh, the, you know what's the point you it doesn't necessarily have to affect you wherever you are in the world you can find ways to to counter it and permaculture is one of those ways yes within the permaculture science mimicking nature well i'll say it this way nature is the way nature mm. is the idea whose time has come and in the permaculture ethics and principles lay out how to use nature how to collaborate with our natural environment to solve all of the world's biggest problems mass extinction deforestation cancer tyranny all of it um okay so if you don't mind tell me a little bit a little bit more about the the earth council i mean what is what is the the, the purpose well, the purpose is to bring all of our wisdoms, products, services, and communities together and to cross-pollinate, to shine a light on this and to organize to win the war. What I'm discussing now and describing in detail is a military strategy. It could be considered that anyway, that will win the war. It's the only military strategy that will win the war, in fact, right? I mean, there's other mm -hmm. elements that we bring in but without creating self-reliant communities, self-reliant individuals and families, then we will be subject to tyranny again over and over and over again, right? Self-reliance and local food, water, and energy systems are the path to freedom long-term. Yeah, and I just want to emphasize that path to freedom that you're talking about. Perpetual victim victimhood mentality will never never give you access to that that uh, mindset of freedom and you will never win you have to overcome being a victim you know yeah. they are not always ahead of you they are not always more powerful than you and they're definitely not more powerful than us and that's mm. what this is all about this is about us and them and we are infinitely more powerful more creative and we now just need to shine a light on that at scale. So I'll share a couple more of our council members, mm. like Marjorie yeah. Wildcraft has been uh, one of the, the greatest prepper communicators um, for decades. And she has products that help people very simply grow their own gardens and grow their own food, whether it be inside or outside, she's a real champion of growing. And that's the foundation of this is food. Right. When Henry Kissinger said control food and control people, he just laid out the fundamental first domino in the strategy of enslaving humanity. Right. And we turn the problem into the solution. If the problem is a poisonous and scarcity driven food supply, then the solution is a healthy, abundant food supply. Okay. And that's um, and that's very important. Abundance is a very very important part of permaculture. This is exactly how we end recruitment for war. When, and I, I shared this with Bobby Kennedy, who his team just reached out, and he's coming here in a couple of weeks. He said, "So we'll see if that happens." Um, I'm I'm very much not a fan of government as the solution. I'm also hyper aware that the infrastructure is in place to radically shift everything. 
And so when Bobby comes, my intention is to inspire him to speak at and elevate the, the narrative of war because currently he is siding with Israel. And yeah. my suggestion to him is not to side with any genocidal maniacs, but instead yeah. side with and advocate for the actual strategy, which he, I, I shared with him this earlier, we sat down and talked, and I said, this is it. When we elevate to the actual solution that stops recruitment for war, right? Because when people yeah. feed themselves and their kids and their families, when they know where their next meal is coming from and they are not worried about bombs landing on them, then recruitment ends immediately. Recruitment is a function of scarcity and fear. When we take out scarcity, boom, we solve the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying goes way beyond uh, food production. I mean, it becomes a way of thinking, Jim. It's a philosophy, isn't it? It is. It is. I am definitely a philosopher and uh, somebody who is focused on how do we actually do it? What are the strategies and tactics that will win this epic war and lead to peace on earth? I'm also aware that a lot of people aren't going to make it. A lot of people yeah. are so NPC'd, right? Non-player characters. They're so mind-controlled that when I share these things with them, they just click off. You can see them click out. They're gone, right? But here's a function of the food forest. When I have anybody, doesn't matter what their current belief systems are, when I bring them into the food forest and I share the abundance something magical happens. It's absolutely divine to see their eyes and their tears when they say, oh my God, there is a way forward, which they currently do not see. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to the council in a moment, but I did mention earlier that I was going to uh, bring animals in because we keep talking about plants. Now, what happens when we talk about cattle and sheep and pigs and chickens and all that sort of thing? You know, uh, what happens for about 5 or 10% of the population when I talk about integrating animals into our permaculture food forest, they click out. They're very staunch vegans, and I'm friends with a lot of vegans <laughs> who are not complete jerks. Right? They're amazing people who simply believe that, that animals are, are above eating, right? In, in a permaculture food forest, the way I see it, is we mimic nature. And in nature, fish are almost always prey at the end of their lives to another animal. Cows and ruminants and deer are almost always prey at the end of their lives to another animal, right? Same with chickens, same with almost every animal except for the top predators. And even them get eaten by the bacteria at the end of their lives. So we mimic nature and we have cows and chickens and ducks and turkeys. In fact, there's some walking by the house right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes, we love to integrate animals. And of course the protein and the amino acids and all the nutrients that come from eating animals. Yeah, so before we go any further in the, in the live chat, uh, Blodders has uh, <laughs> brought in the comment that I always bring up that I love you saying, Blodders are saying that there's a deficiency of ducks. <laughs> yes. I love that. You don't have a snail problem. You have a duck deficiency. Right? That's Bill Mollison, <laughs> one of my favorites. 
it just speaks to the fact that nature has the answer to all of this stuff. When we observe and interact with our land and we become the stewards again, which is what we're meant to do here. This is the oldest idea in the book, literally. The idea yeah. of the garden where you just walk around and there's abundance everywhere. Um, I, just on the topic of animals though, um, I don't want to get accused of just sidelining the obvious elef elephant in the room, if you'll excuse the pun, but you can't just randomly throw farm animals into the works. Uh, some of them don't get on with one another. What happens in, in those sorts of instances? I mean, cattle or sheep can destroy quite a lot of your property. Yes, um, and that's why I'm actually looking at a picture of Joel Salatin right now. Joel is known as America's greatest farmer. He is an incredible human being who, there's a TED talk with Joel Salatin where he destroys the cow fart narrative. Right, this insanity where people are saying cow farts are creating climate change. Right, which by the way, that whole thing is falling apart rapidly anyway. But Joel has helped to do that by, and what he does is he integrates animals in a way that they're meant to be in a herding way. Right, so animals are meant to go in an area and they'll eat all the grasslands, and then they'll just keep moving like the wildebeests or the bison. So on his farm. He integrates the his cows and then he has the chickens come in after them. And by the time he's done, he's created a carbon sink. He's built soil. He's created more life and he has the best meat products around. Uh, Jim, but now you know that I, I enjoy my hunting and hunting season is approaching in the next few months here in South Africa. Obviously, you need big property for that, but uh, are you saying that permaculture can allow for even a hunt? Absolutely. So stewardship for me means balance. It means helping to see what's going on. For instance, if we don't have many big cats or wolves mm. in the area, we do have coyotes. Coyotes took out a bunch of our roosters about three months ago. Um, we were kind of wanting to get rid of some roosters anyway, so we left them outside at night, not knowing that Shame. they were going to eat. <laughs> but it worked out. Um, and by the way, I do want to share too that we do this with reverence. We do this with mm. love of these creatures, right? And and they have great lives. And then boom, they go off away from the sight of the other animals, which can cause trauma. And we, we take them out and we process them. And the whole process is like the indigenous have done forever. It's with yeah. reverence of the exchange of energy that is created from these, these uh, living beings. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a good point. It's important to, to, to remember that you use the word stewards. And this is very important because it means not being reckless. It means being responsible. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Being aware of the balance. Like I grew up in Minnesota. There's a place called uh, North Oaks where they have a deer infestation. And they have so many deer and there's not enough food. So the deer eat everything they can find around. And they let um, hunters come in. And depending on the year, they take out 150 to 200 deer with bow and arrow every year in North Oaks. That's just logical, right? It's like when they reintroduced the timber wolves to... Um, to uh, Yellowstone National Park, 
it literally changed the course of the rivers because all of the mm. bison and elk, there was nothing to control the population. So the population exploded and they were destroying the whole thing. So when you let the wolves come back in, the apex predator becomes the steward and creates balance again. Yeah, this there's a bit of a, a joking going on in the live chat. They're talking about dropping lions in, but there's there's also a meta conversation happening there because lions are not native to Florida, so you're not mimicking nature if if you do that. Correct. <laughs> yeah, um, we have different types of big cats. <laughs> And, and yeah, we want to mimic naturalists and be aware too. Like it's common mm. sense. Once we start getting uh, a flow of how nature works and how we can benefit greatly from working with nature, then it just becomes kind of obvious and there's a flow to it. Mm. Okay. Let me just quickly go to a break. Jim, I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim. This is TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Well, the gals at The View were at it again, specifically Joy Behar, who defended Joe Biden on his memory and his memory issues before actually asking a legitimate question. And by the way, before I continue with this, why did, would he want to remember the day that his son died? Why? You want to block that out of your head. You want to remember no, when he, he was I, alive. I, I, so I, I, wait, hold on. The fact is getting, that fact is getting completely buried. Okay, so he mixed up the names of a couple of people. How big of a problem is this going forward in this election for Biden? And Sonny Hostin took the question and ran with it. I think it's significant, actually. And, you and, and, you know, to mix up the president of Egypt with the president of Mexico, because his name sounds like Sisi, I, I, that, that's bizarre. And, and what are the two names? They, they Obrador. The CC and Obrador. It's not different. super close. Yeah, they're pretty different. <laughs> and the other thing is, what the report said was um, he could not remember when he was the vice president. Wow, looks like Sonny wants Biden out of this race. And she has a plan. There's an off-ramp here, and I think one of the off-ramps that we need to think about is once all of the delegates are are received, the Dem the DNC will be certifying the delegates, right, um, and the count. And Gavin Newsom can be swapped out if Joe Biden decides to or another candidate. Or it another can candidate. be done. When the crew on the View is openly talking about Biden dropping out, it's only a matter of time. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Eggs. You can fry them, scramble them, poach them, boil them, or race them on a spoon. But uncooked eggs can be a risk for food poisoning. To be safe, avoid buying dirty or cracked eggs. Always wash your hands after handling eggs. And if you're concerned, pregnant, elderly, or have a poor immune system, make sure you cook eggs until the yolk starts to firm. Or look for new pasteurized eggs. For excellent eggs, handle them safely. Germ Warfare is Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, Jim, right, right there in the ad break, there was uh, so, something to do with eggs. And uh, I love eggs. I'm guessing you get lots of eggs. Oh, gosh. We, we could have a half dozen eggs every single day with, for our family. <laughs> we have about 24 chickens, and then we spread the eggs out between our guests who are staying at our our rental units and yeah we have an abundance of eggs but okay so just on that actually um because of the nature of how food just keeps growing you end up with too much and so you could technically if you are in that kind of environment you could sell it oh absolutely they're they're little money factories right and growing food during a food supply chain collapse 
is a really good idea. Mm. Um, there's, a, there's a question here from Jig Pig. Man, these names are hilarious. <laughs> um, does permaculture permit using animal labor like pulling carts, etc.? It, well, absolutely. Like we have beehives. We got 30 pounds of honey our first year. We provide the bees with massive amounts of flowering plants and pollinator plants and housing. And in exchange, we get a bunch of honey. It's a beautiful thing. Um, we also have a cow where we have a, a trapeche thing um, in Costa Rica where we take sugar cane and we put this in a grinder and a cow walks around and, and gets food while he's walking around. And for the cow, it's nothing. And at the end of the day, we've got, you know, 100 pounds of, of processed sugar cane. Yeah. Jim, uh, one of the problems with monoculture farming, you see it all, all the time, is there is a lot of waste. Uh, yes. re realistically speaking, do you get a lot of waste? There is no waste in a permaculture. In a full permaculture system produces zero waste. For instance, I went fishing, um, well, every time I go fishing, I take the fish that I'm going to eat, I flay them up, we have incredibly delicious and nutrient-dense fish, and then I take the carcasses and I put them in a five-gallon bucket. Now, this takes me almost zero time. I got to throw the carcasses somewhere, so I put them in a five-gallon bucket, I put some water in there, and then I use that water, I dump it on the fruit trees uh, my, maybe once a week or so. And then after it kind of gets a little too stinky, then I bury the carcass, which takes me another literally 30 seconds with a shovel, and I bury the carcass and I put some dirt over it. So the whole process takes me just a couple minutes, but the amount of energy that it produces and value for the plants is exponential. What about water regulation? Well, any time I hear the word regulation, I kind of... I cringe a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I, we don't no, deal don't, with that. No, I don't mean it. I don't mean it in the in the government sense. I mean, how do you regulate water on a permaculture setup? Yeah, oh, great, great question. Um, so we catch and store water, slowing it, sinking it, and spreading it is one of the most important permaculture principles. And so we design our landscapes with certain ditches and swales and raised areas so we funnel the water where we want it to go some plants like bananas like wet feet they like a lot of water other plants maybe like avocados or some more mediterranean plants don't like a lot of water so we funnel it away from where we don't want it and towards where we do okay yes a uh, comment jim has inspired me to put half the allotment plot over to a sort of permaculture it started as laziness but now i have tree kale ground cherries and huge purple sprouting broccoli which i don't have to tend uh just harvest brilliant oh that is exactly what we're here to do and thank you for sharing that message because when you share that with your friends then they get inspired and boom we change the world and again it wasn't that much work <laughs> yeah oh bill molson once said and and i couldn't when I first heard this, I didn't believe it, quite frankly. He said, I can spend 30 minutes planting food. And after mm. a bit of time, that food will basically be enough food for, for six months. 30 minutes for six months of food. And in a way, it's almost exponential, right? Mm. And it's completely true. 
If you don't mind, Jim, I'm just going to open up the uh, questions for anybody who's listening uh, in the live chat. If you've got any questions to throw at Jim, I'll read them to him uh, because we've got about 10 minutes or so to go. And another one here um, from Skippy. Can a landowner sink wells in Florida or is it illegal? Um, well, so there's not, I just kind of talked to the word legal, right? Legal is the undoing of God's law. I don't deal with legal, right? We didn't get permission <laughs> to build my house. We're completely outside of the system. We're off grid. And I've told the government, I'm not playing your game. And 15 months later, 10 houses almost finished. They're not bothering us because we're right and they're wrong and they know it and they don't want a public debate about it. Um, but with that kind of thing said, um, water, is it ethical? So the question isn't, is it legal for me? Is it, is it ethical? Will it cause harm? And so we've dug a bunch of shallow water wells to get started. And now we've done some, uh, dug some deeper wells to get the really good water. Okay, let me ask you a question that often comes up and we've spoken about this before. So I hope you don't mind me asking the same question again, but what you're doing um, obviously has a large capital investment, but the average person doesn't have that. How, how detrimental is it to one's wallet? Well, it's so fiat, right? Which is the currency that is backed by nothing and it's in rapid decay. The fiat relative to going to the store and buying a steak in the last four years has been cut in half, right? So fiat is shit. And what do we do with the shit? We compost it. We invest the fiat into life-giving systems. So that's the long way of saying it's the best investment in the world right now to put food in the ground, to spend your money on putting food in the ground. But for people who might only have 20 bucks and desire, right? Number one is awareness and desire. And if you have 20 bucks, you can go to the store and you can buy the food that you want to eat, your fruits and veggies. You can take the seeds out of that organic food that you bought and you can then plant those seeds and you can start your own garden with no extra money out of pocket. So basically, you can work within your own, within your own parameters. 100%. Whatever you've got, you garden what you've got. You use your energy wisely, which will which will create a return on intention, right? Your intention is to create abundance. And if you use your energy very strategically, it will be exponential. Yeah, and I mean, I think that is very important because people, again, as I said earlier, often get trapped with the victim mentality. You're not a victim. You can still succeed in no, no matter what space you have. You have to be creative. Exactly. You start with the awareness because then you, you realize what's possible and then you start taking step by step. And if you do one or two things in a day, you've done one or two things in the right direction. But here's what will happen is you'll start to see the results of your actions and they will be so inspiring that you will want to do more of it. And people ask me when I will be done. I'll never be done. In fact, my life is transitioning from a business leader now to a steward of the land. And then I'm combining those two. So my job every day, it's starting to get this way, is to go out into the land and plant seeds and to build life into our system on film. And then film it, creating a media center here where people can see how joyful this is. There's nothing, I'm a, I, like my time. 
You could call me lazy. I just enjoy being out in the food forest so much that people would have to tie me up to keep me out of it. Yeah, he has a comment saying, uh, I bought heritage seeds years ago, save them each year, only buy new seeds of things I don't have uh, from an organic seed grower. Yes, that's beautiful. In fact, Dr. Vendana Shiva, I just got an email from her today, um, and she is a seed expert. So we're bringing in these all of these different folks with different skill sets, like Theo Fleury. He was Olympic champion, Stanley Cup champion, team leader, and now he's a trauma expert. And he told me the other day, he said, Jim, trauma and systematic government trauma is the cause of all human suffering. And I almost fell off my chair. He's one of our council members. It's just, it's so neat seeing these incredible people with different skill sets come together. Yeah, something Farmer Angus, a local friend of mine, uh, said to me some time ago, and I've never forgotten. When I asked him about, um, so he, he does a slightly different type of farming. He does regenerative, but be that as it may, he he was telling me about his chickens, which are exceptionally free range. I mean, they, they got, they've got no cages at all. And I asked him, I said, look, doesn't this make your eggs more expensive? And he said, look, you can't put a price on your health. So if you pay slightly more now, you're going to save later. And my eggs, so the chickens cost me, I don't know. Actually, we, we've been raising our own babies now just in, in the first couple of batches. But when you look at the return on investment on putting one fruit tree in the ground or having one chicken, it's ridiculous, especially if you mm. know how to breed your own then. Right? It's, you could put in 20 bucks and within a year, you could have $2,000 worth of chickens and chicken eggs. Mm. <laughs> Just quickly, Jim, as we uh, start coming into the last lap, uh, for those who want to maybe come check out what you're doing, you're in Florida. Tell me more. Yep. We're at Galt's Landing after John Galt from Atlas Shrugged, if you know that book. It's in St. Cloud, Florida, which is about 45 minutes from the Orlando International Airport. We have Airbnbs, rentals, we're on a private 430-acre lake, and we're in a food forest. So if you want to come and visit and stay with us, you can stay in one of our units, you can go out and harvest food. And so far, look at our reviews on Airbnb. We've got, I think, 37 or 38 reviews, um, one four-star and all five-star after that. <laughs> I wonder what that four star was about. It was probably you, Jim. It was probably you. You, you yeah, you right. Swore. Actually, you should read it because it's a five star review. I think she just hit the wrong button. <laughs> well, they were just trying. They were just trying to break the pattern a little bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and and you guys actually live there too. So people, if people come there, they'll meet you. Yes. And, and by the way, Jerem, I got so many people that have come thanks to you. And, and we've taken and sh shared some pictures with you. So thanks for mm. all the work you do. It's just beautiful, brother. Oh, no, no. It's the pleasure's all mine. I'm just I'm just very jealous that I haven't been there yet. It's a bit of a flight, but I will I will come at some point soon, hopefully. Uh, but uh, Jim, OK, so your website, what what is it? Yes, it's foodforestabundance.com. So uh, galtslanding.farm and then foodforestabundance.com are our two websites. Okay, uh, have you got any, any nuggets, any, any funny stories, any memorable moments 
uh, in the process of creating your your permaculture? Well, the one that comes to mind, which just still gives me the chills and blows my mind. So I've got this little meditation copper chair right in the middle of the food forest. And um, it's like a pyramid thing that somebody sold me on. And just the looks of it makes me smile. So I thought I'm going to have that and sit there and meditate once in a while. So I'm sitting there meditating about, um, I don't know, four or five months ago. And I'm visualizing, and this vision is coming to me of the food forest growing into a jungle, a food jungle. And then I'm starting to see animals come in. I'm starting to see mating pairs of monkeys and, and birds and all this different life come around in my meditation. And, and then I, I started asking myself, well, wow, this is not only a place for food, but this is a sanctuary for animals as well. And then I, because we're scaling these systems all over the world, I said, oh, my gosh, we could do this in every Freedom Farm Academy around the world. And basically, if anybody out there listening wants to create your own off-grid homestead that produces all of your own food, water, and energy, that's what we do. We design and install these systems globally. So then the idea of Noah's Ark came to mind. Noah's Ark in the real, like an actual tangible, achievable Noah's Ark situation where these can all be sanctuaries for endangered animals. And exactly when I had that thought, the phone rang and it was down at my feet on the ground and I looked down and Noah was calling me at that exact moment. No shit. It really? blew my mind. And I don't know this guy. He, I talked to him once. And I, and I called him. I, I put it in a voicemail before I recognized who was calling. And then I saw the name. And I got the shakes. And I started weeping, actually. And I called him back. And I said, why did you call me? And he said, well, I was pinged three times to call you. I was busy. But I thought, I better call you right now. And so Noah just showed up with his family. He's in an RV. He's going to stay here for about three weeks, and he's going to build us an outdoor bathroom, and he's going to help us put some food into the ground. But when you look, I'm a math guy. I'm a logic guy. When you look at the statistical significance of this type of thing, it's impossible that there wasn't something bigger going on. Gee. All right. Well, on that note, Jim Gale, thank you for joining me in the trenches, my friend. Thank you, brother. It's always a pleasure chatting to you, Jim. It's uh, it's difficult to uh, to to go away from a conversation like this uh, feeling depressed. <laughs> it's so much easier to feel up, uplifted and inspired. Please send me an email if you are listening, Jim Warfare at tntradio.live. Send me any questions. I can guarantee you, Jim will will be back on my show. So if you do have any questions for Jim, uh, just drop them an email, and I will star them and uh, I'll keep them. For when Jim comes on again, which I, I'm pretty certain Jim will. Hey, Jim, you'll come back, eh? I love you, brother. I'd love to. Yes. All right. All right. Great <laughs> stuff. All right. Send me, so send me an email, Jim Warfare, at tntradio.live. Thank you to everybody who has been commenting. Lots of comments in the live chat. Uh, lots of nonsense also. And I just want to uh, please, <laughs> I just want to please emphasize this. I don't mind. Uh, the comments at all. I don't mind the questions, but please just make my life a little easier by checking your grammar uh, because <laughs> this is live and it does become a little bit a little bit complicated if I have to slow down and figure out what you're actually saying in, in your comments. <laughs> so please, please help make things a little bit smoother by doing that. Um, yes, and Rodders is saying thank you, Jim, and thank you, Jim. Anup. 
can I come in for a, can I come in for a landing? 